Are you interested in making your own podcast? With Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse and you're listening to the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. We'll be talking about faith today, so stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe some laughs. Welcome, and thank you for joining me. Today is the 16th of November, and what a wacky week in America. Some of you may not know this, but New Bedford, Massachusetts experienced an earthquake this week. I used to live there and can assure you that they don't have earthquakes, and this one was a 3.6 on the Richter scale. The last one prior to this was in 1755 on Cape Ann. Then we have this election between former Vice President Biden and President Trump. Who knows when it'll end and what the results will be at this point. But the division that is still going on is astounding to me. Lastly, but certainly not least, is a COVID-19 virus that is still causing fear and panic wherever you go. Then you have state and federal officials who are so scared of losing their tyrannical rule they're re-implementing lockdowns. Quick question, what happened to the 15-day lockdown to slow the curve? If Biden has his way, he will federally mandate masks no matter where you go. I wonder if that includes people who medically cannot wear masks. It seems that the powers that be have figured out that it's easier to control the public with fear than with the truth. I'm sure you're asking, Erica, what does all of this you are ranting about have to do with faith? everything. I was so blessed to finally be able to attend my congregation this past Saturday. It was great to see my Messianic family after such a long hiatus due to our family having had COVID. The service was fantastic. I was able to have enough energy to dance and sing before my father in the presence of like-minded believers. It was something I know I needed and I would encourage you once again if you're able to try and find those in your area that that you're able to come together with and worship the king and do so to do it because it is so important. Some may feel like they shouldn't go to a synagogue or church, maybe because you may not agree with everything that is said. There is no one on this planet that I agree with 100%. I know the same is true for you as well. Fellowship is so important. And as long as there isn't a salvation issue, I do encourage you to go. Fellowship can also be a big part of growing your faith. Just as it says in Proverbs 27, verse 17, As iron sharpens iron, so a person sharpens the countenance of his friend. It's so important as believers that we find like-minded believers who are able to be in our lives to lift us up when we need to be lifted up, but also to keep us accountable when we need that as well. Okay, let's get back to faith. In Webster's Dictionary of 1828, the definition of faith is belief, the assent of the mind to the truth of what is declared by another, resting on his authority and veracity without other evidence, the judgment that what another states or testifies is the truth. For example, 
I have strong faith or no faith in the testimony of a witness or what a historian narrates. For those of us who are believers, we have faith in the never-changing, unerring word of God. We believe in the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that Yeshua is the Son of God and that he died for our sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. The veil in the Holy of Holies was torn, and now Yeshua sits on the right hand of the Father, which allows us to be in fellowship with the Most High God. This is faith, that we believe that God is the creator of the universe, and that He is the beginning and the end. He knew you before you were born, and will welcome you home when your time on earth is finished. And that is the hope and the faith of every believer. In Hebrews 11.1 1, it says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of realities not seen. In Hebrews 11.3 it says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen did not come from anything visible. I always like to go back to one of my favorite bands of all time, DC Talk. The band members were uh, Toby Mac, Michael Tate, and Kevin Mac Smith. One of my favorite songs by them is called Mind's Eye, which is on their album, Jesus Freak. I encourage you to pick it up. And they use an audio clip from Billy Graham during the song where he says, Can you see God? Have you ever seen him? I've never seen the wind. I've seen the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. It's a mystery to me. So many times as believers, we can see the work of God in our lives and the Holy Spirit moving but we don't physically see it. It's like the wind. We can see the effects of the Holy Spirit, but we don't actually see the Holy Spirit. I can think of many occasions where my faith has been tested. In some instances, I stumbled and fell, but praise God that I always managed to brush myself off and keep walking in faith. Sometimes that's easier said than done. I think it would be fair to say that God uses those closest to you to test that faith. The goal is to come out stronger after the test than when you went into it. For me, I believe my first true test of my faith was when I was 11 years old. I can still remember it as though it just happened. It was a Saturday morning, and as usual, my sister and I were expected to help clean the house. Saturday was our cleaning day. My mother was working, so it fell to my father to wake us up. Normally, my dad was not the nicest when it came to waking me up, but this morning he simply came into our room and told my sister and I to come into our parents' room. I remember being confused as to why he was being nice, and my sister and I sat on our parents' bed. He then told us that my best friend, Verdell Lucas, had died the previous night. As you can imagine, I was in shock. What did he mean dead? Dell, which is what everyone called him, was only 12. Was this just a sick joke my dad was playing on me? I remember weeping uncontrollably and not understanding. Why, God? Why would he take Dell away? He was so young. He hadn't deserved to die. I remember going to Dell's home that day and just sitting in the living room with his three younger brothers. We didn't say anything. We just sat there. Dell had died of a heart failure at the young age of 12. Later, we learned that he had complained of his heart hurting a couple weeks prior, but as he was 12, his mother didn't really think anything of it. My heart still hurts for his family. I love you guys. 
We both had a love for DC Talk, and his favorite song was What If I Stumble, also on the Jesus Freak album. I remember we would talk on the phone and sing parts of that song to each other. God truly does work in mysterious ways. Fast forward to when I was 17 and a mother of my beautiful baby boy, Zion Dell. I was watching VeggieTales with him, more accurately the story of Joseph, or Little Joe as they called him. I was still hurting and confused. I still didn't understand why did God let bad things happen to good people. And I think it's pretty um, true if we were honest with each, each other and ourselves that that's probably the greatest question that we truly struggle with when it comes to God. Why does God let bad things happen to good people? I had endured my best friend's death. My uncle, which I have mentioned before, you know, the one who introduced Paul Wilbur to Christ. He chose to leave my aunt for another woman. I looked up to him because as a preteen, I was an aspiring singer and wanted to be just like him. Then my best friend, Nicole, became pregnant out of wedlock. And I saw the church we had literally grown up in turn their back on her. Then I too became pregnant, and the father of my son decided to cheat on me with my best friend, therein ending our relationship. All of this happening between ages 11 and 17, with my faith either on shaky ground or non-existent. As I sat there with my son, watching Larry the Cucumber, who played Little Joe, I had a revelation. I had read the story of Joseph multiple times, but for some reason, through a children's show, it clicked. I may not have all the answers, but God does. He sees the whole picture, whereas we as human beings may only see a tiny scrap of that picture, if we're lucky. I still don't know why God took Dell home sooner than I would have liked or his family would have liked, but I know it was or will be for the glory of God and that I will see him again in heaven where we can sing DC Talk songs together again. God has used my son Zion to grow my faith probably more so than anyone else in my life. For those of you who know us, you know that he has an autoimmune disorder that greatly affects his health at times. The first time was when he was six years old. He was running around pretending to be Superman when all of a sudden he fell to the floor and his right side started seizing. He was awake and aware and cognizant of what was going on and kept trying to stand up and looked at me with terrified eyes because he couldn't speak. We ended up in Greenville, North Carolina for about a month. He kept having multiple seizures a day and the doctors told us if they couldn't stop him from seizing, he would become brain dead, basically a vegetable. In that moment, I had to make a decision. Do I trust God to let my son go or do I curse God and walk away? There was a spiritual battle for my soul at that moment, and I knew it. That's when the story of Hannah came to mind. For those that don't know, Hannah was a barren woman who went with her husband every year to the temple to worship and sacrifice to the Lord. During one of those times, she was weeping and praying and made a vow to God. In 1 Samuel 1.11, it says, So she made a vow and said, Adonai Zavaot, if you will indeed look upon the affliction of your handmaid, Remember me and not forget your handmaid, but grant your handmaid a son. Then I will give him to Adonai all the days of his life, and no razor will ever touch his head. It came to pass, as she prayed long before Adonai, 
that Eli was watching her mouth. Now Hannah was praying in her heart, only her lips were moving, but her voice could not be heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. Then Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Get rid of your wine. But in response, Hannah said, no, my Lord, I am a woman with an oppressed spirit. I haven't been drinking wine or beer. Instead, I've been pouring out my soul before Adonai. Don't consider your handmaid a wicked woman, for out of my great anguish and grief, I've been praying until now. Then Eli responded, Go in shalom, and may the God of Israel grant your petition that you asked of him. May your maidservant find favor in your eyes, she said. So the woman went her way. She ate, and her countenance was no longer dejected. They rose up early in the morning and worshipped before Adonai, then went back to their home to Ramah. Then Elkanah was intimate with his wife Hannah, and Adonai remembered her. So it came to pass at the turn of the year that Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She called his name Samuel, because I have asked Adonai for him. When the man Elkanah and all his household went up to offer the annual sacrifice to Adonai and to fulfill his vow offering, Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, When the child is weaned, I will bring him, so he may appear before Adonai and stay there forever. So her husband Elkanah said to her, Do what seems best to you. Stay until you have weaned him. Only may Adonai establish his word. So the woman stayed home and nursed her son until she weaned him. When she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with three bulls, one ephah of flour, and a jar of wine, and brought him to the house of Adonai in Shiloh while the child was still young. After they slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. It's me, my lord, she said. As your soul lives, my lord, I am the woman that stood by you here, praying to Adonai. For this boy I prayed, and Adonai has granted me my petition that I asked of him. So I in turn dedicate him to Adonai. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to Adonai. Then he bowed in worship there before Adonai. This gave me the answer I knew to be true deep down in my soul, but I just needed confirmation. The Lord gave me my sweet, gentle, caring son, and whether God wanted to bring him home to heaven to be with him, or whether God would allow me to continue to love him and be a good steward for what I've been given, I would praise him and know that he is good. As it says in Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. It is a declaration of Adonai. I pray that you never have to experience even the chance of losing a child. But to those who have, I pray that you remember that God is good and that you will one day see your loved ones again. My son did end up being able to survive all the seizures he was having. He was put on medication that stopped them. He did not become a vegetable. And he is now 18 years old. That day in the hospital with my son was a turning point for me and my faith in God. It strengthened me in ways I'm even now struggling to realize. God granted me the opportunity to continue loving my son, even though he still has so many health obstacles to hurdle. I wouldn't trade a day without him, even though he and I both go through many battles together. Some where I know, I wonder, God, will we make it? Not only have we made it, but we choose to trust in God's plan for our lives and not our own. My husband and I have also been blessed with three other beautiful, happy, and healthy children as well. Although each had their challenges, we wouldn't trade any of them for anything. So where is your hope? Who are you putting your faith in?
Are you putting it in a president? Are you putting it in a government? Are you putting it in medical officials? It's a lot more comfortable for us as humans to put our faith in things that are seen rather than unseen. We are all very much like Thomas, who doubted that Yeshua had truly risen from the dead. And in John 20, verses 25 to 29, it says, The other disciples were saying to him, We've seen the Lord. But he replied to them, Unless I see the nail prints in his hands and put the finger, put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, the disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Yeshua comes despite the locked doors. He stood in their midst and said, Shalom, Alechem, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it on my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Yeshua said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed? Blessed are the ones who have not seen and yet have believed. Are you a doubting Thomas needing to see Yeshua face to face to believe? Or do you believe by faith in him? Will you only choose to have faith during the good times? Or will you stand and say, even in the valleys of my life, I will trust in you. Whenever I meet an atheist, I always tell them I'm amazed by them. They have, in my opinion, greater faith than even the believer. They believe that we were created out of nothing and that we are the highest power there is. They also believe that once you die, that's it. How depressing. I also ask them what the point of it all is. I can honestly say I've yet to get an actual response to that question. Some become believers thinking that their life will now be sunshine and roses. Are we blessed to be called children of God? Yes, but God never promises us a quote-unquote happy life. We will have trials and tribulations, but the Word of God tells us multiple times, especially in Psalms, that the Lord is our strength. See Psalms 18 verse 2, Psalms 28 verse 7, Psalms 27 verse 1, and Psalms 62 7, just to name a few. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The Lord is our strength and our strong tower. He is with us always, no matter the good times or the bad times. In Matthew 6, 13, it says, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. For this must happen, but it is not yet the end. For nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. But all these things are only the beginning of birth pains. Then they will hand you over to persecution and will kill you. You will be hated by all the nations because of my name. And then many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Because lawlessness will multiply, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. So don't be alarmed by what is going on in the world and all around you. God spoke of this 2,000 years ago. So I will confidently say, I will put my trust in him before any man. Can you say the same? We want to believe in those in power, that they are doing what's best for us as people, uh, as a people and a nation. I know that there are some good people in power, but as a rule, we should judge anyone with any form of power with a grain of salt. So turn off the news. 
Immerse yourself in the word and in everything. Compare what the word of God says to what the world is saying. The word of God is the only truth we can rely on here today in this environment that we as a people have created. Another place you can reliably get news is worthynews.com. It's written by a man I know. His name is George Witten. He and his wife are Messianic believers and travel all over the country praying and interceding for this nation. His wife, Bot Rivka, is a Messianic singer, and she also has a few albums, so please go ahead and check her out. In 2 Timothy 4, 3-7, it says, For the time will come when they will not put up with sound instruction, but they will pile up for themselves teachers in keeping with their own desires, to have their ears tickled, and they will turn away from hearing the truth and wander off to myths. You, however, keep a clear mind in all things, withstand hardship, do the work of proclaiming the good news, and fulfill your service. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. It's time as believers for us to stand up and say no more. I serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeshua is my salvation. And in him alone will I have faith and put my trust in. Be encouraged. As it says in 1 Timothy 1.7. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So stand in the faith and knowledge that God is in control and that he loves you and cares for you. In 1 Corinthians 13.12 it says. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. I pray and believe that we will understand and know God's plan and purpose. But for now, I believe that his promises are true, whether I see the end game or not. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Please feel free to email me at ELMMM3 at protonmail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, 3 at protonmail.com. Or leave a message on my website, messymessianicmama.com. And if you're listening to this on the Anchor website, you can also leave me a brief 60 second voicemail asking questions via anchor.fm. Feel free to hang out after the podcast to listen to a great song I found by Riley Clemens called Fighting For Me. If you know me, you know what an important role music has in my life and how it helps me, keeps my sanity. So give it a listen. May you have a great rest of your week. Be blessed. And remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. And shalom.